there's been one demand and that's holding up that Lombardi trophy, period. That's all I care about is holding that trophy up and holding that trophy up here. The prime thing is you have to win. You have to win. Otherwise, you can't be a success in professional football. You're listening to The State of the Nation with Jimmy Durkin, Vic Tafer, Tashawn Reed, and Ted Nguyen on the Athletic Podcast Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome to a post-game edition of State of the Nation here on the Athletic Podcast Network. I am Jimmy Durkin, joined, as always, by Vic Tafer, Deshaun Reed, and Ted Wynn. And when we talk about all of these, how the hell did they lose that type games, uh, the Raiders finally have one go in their favor as the Patriots simply, with one of the most idiotic plays, I'd say, in NFL history, Chandler Jones, it'll be credited as a 48-yard fumble return for a touchdown to get the Raiders the 30-24 to win after Jacoby Myers inexplicably tried to lateral the ball, I don't know, 20 yards back to Mac Jones. Um, Chandler Jones picks it off, and uh, Mac Jones makes an attempt to tackle Chandler Jones that did not go well, the big stiff arm. And Chandler Jones off to the races, his biggest play as a Raider. And the Raiders find a way to uh, to get a win. It looked like this was going to be another one of those uh, double-digit halftime leads that was blown. Instead, they they pull it away, uh, pull it off, uh, 30-24, stay theoretically still alive in the playoff hunt. Um, I think they went from about a 4% chance to a 6% chance, but uh, they're still alive, and uh, this is a game, uh, an ending that we won't soon forget. I'm pretty sure everybody thought the same thing when Derek Carr threw that pick six in the third quarter. They were like, oh, another... Double-digit lead, about to get just blown away, and then um, and it, it was a hell of a play by Mike uh, Duggar too. He uh, it was a play that they actually ran against the Chargers, uh, same formation, and Carr just threw kind of a now screen to Adams, and Duggar just read it, picked it off. But after that happened, uh, you know, I, I was almost a hundred percent sure they were going to blow this lead, but they got a call go their way at, at the end with Cole's touchdown, and. One of the, the weirdest plays that I, I've ever seen. And Stevenson said after the game, the play was just supposed to be a draw and he was supposed to go down. Uh, but he decided to ad lib and try to do something crazy. And obviously it, it did not end well. Yeah, I mean, they, they did blow the lead. I mean, the, the Patriots, you know, took the lead on, on Stevenson's touchdown run in the fourth quarter. And at that moment, I mean, the offense couldn't do anything at all. I mean, they were just stagnant. They had two first downs in the whole fourth quarter into that final drive. And it just seemed like we were heading towards a similar finish. And I mean, that, that, that drive that they put together uh, tied up the game was crazy enough. I mean, fourth and 10 finds Hollins on the sideline, finds him again, Waller over in the middle, his first game back. Um, and Cole just for one car, an incredible throw and Cole, a great catch, you know, to be debated, you know, whether his, his foot was in bounds or not, it was too close probably to call inclusive. We had a Patriots play. It's just one of the dumbest, some of the dumbest shit I've ever seen in my life. It's like at the game from the press box, you can just see, so as soon as he went to throw it, I just saw Chandler Jones sitting right there. I'm like, wait, who is he throwing it to? It was like, Mac Jones? Are you serious? <laughs> this, is, you know, this is not going to go well at all. But I'm thinking, you know, maybe it's like it's tipped, deflected, incomplete. You know, that's it. That's over. But like, and then he catches it and just like gives like Mac Jones like the most deliberate stiff arm you will ever see. Like he didn't just toss him to the side or push him. Like, you know, he drove him into the fucking earth and then like somehow kept his balance and ran the rest of the way. I mean, that was just such a insane play. A third walk-off finish this year. Uh, it seems like all these Raiders games go the same way. Um, but this just had to be, like, the craziest one so far this season. 
Yeah, I think John Jones said it was like a, a Madden game, stiff arm. That's what he liked his, uh, his form. But uh, clearly, um, you know, just uh, they got lucky. And then it's good to get lucky once in a while. I think they definitely didn't give, they didn't give up. They kept fighting towards the end. And, and Derek Carr made that great throw. And you mentioned Cole and the, and the replay. I think it's funny if the game, I think footballzebras.com pointed out that if the game had not been flexed out, uh, they had a, those pylon cams that would have shown he was definitely mm. out of bounds. So that was a huge kind of lucky factor for them that they wouldn't uh, – in prime time, that the catch uh, didn't get overturned, but uh, yeah, it's a great, a great, great finish. I'm sure the crowd, uh, you know, just the crowd going crazy, and the players were. You can see the locker room out watching McDaniel's speech to him afterwards. How happy they were! So it's a, it's a nice win. It's been a, a frustrating season. You you mentioned that about the piling cams. I I tweeted at the time. How the fuck much money does the NFL have? Why does why does not every game have pylon cams? I mean, that just that seems like such a basic level. Um, investment and obviously Raider fans t- tonight are, are very thrilled that they do not have pylon cams but to me that that that's that's a mind-blowing thing with as much money as the NFL racks up that uh that not every game has pylon cams because they just so many times they've been proven to be like so effective at, at showing those plays but uh, Raider fans are happy r- right now that they don't have them I thought his toe hit out of bounds but apparently when his foot initially hit you could see like a little bit of black rubber flying up so this is one of those bang bang calls um and, and still, that was just to tie the game. And so like, they easily could have gone on from there and lost in overtime if the Patriots didn't lose their their mind. I shouldn't say the Patriots, but two individual players, Stevenson and then Jacoby Myers, just one of the dumbest decisions you'll ever see. But, I mean, the Raiders still had to take advantage of it. Like I said, that could have easily just fell incomplete. Or we've seen that a million times with those kind of flea flicker plays. or Not flea flicker, but throwing it around plays. But, uh, yeah, just an incredible play by, by Chandler Jones. And he, after the game, he, uh, he told us he was, he was emotional. He was walking off the field. He kind of... He started crying as he was going into the tunnel. I don't know what it is about these tears, man. These these super tears for the Raiders. Every time somebody cries, a good thing happens. But it's, it's you know it's been a tough year for him. I mean, I, he's he's said the whole way about you know not getting too wrapped up in the sacks and the pressures and all that. But I'm sure it bothered him not to to have basically the worst season he's had since he was a rookie and read all hear all the ridicule and see it all and, and know how much he's making and not living up to it. And so for him to come through and be the one that makes a play like this, it seemed to really resonate him and the guys sort of rallied around him so as you said you know it's still very slim chance but they're only two games back of the final playoff spot anything could happen um and they've kind of discovered something for themselves to play for here going into these these last three games i think jones had a pretty good game overall too like he he batted a pass down he had a really nice sack against trent brown where he faked a spin move and which Demarcus Ware actually did that against Joe Staley, where you kind of go half spin and then finish the spin for for a sack, and then obviously the, the huge play too. And one more thing that I don't get is Jacoby Myers said he thought he saw Mac Jones open. Even if Mac Jones was wide open, what do you think he's gonna do with it when you throw the ball backwards thirty yards to Mac Jones? Uh, so I, I don't I don't I don't get that, but. Like I said, it, it, overall, well, Mac Jones. Mac Jones is an elite athlete that has his coach calling uh, a naked bootleg on third and oh, eleven God. for him. Like that. That's the kind. That's the kind of athlete that he is. Like, you know, come on. He, he, he's gonna. He would have taken that to the house if it gets to him. Matt Patricia is is terrible. I mean, that red zone possession was like it was bad because like the Raiders red zone defense was like ranked twenty eighth. And the Patriots red zone offense ranked thirty second, and you see why they were at the like what what one two yard line. Call timeout before a touchdown, wiped out a touchdown. You know they had that false start on the quarterback sneak. Uh, it, Matt Patricia, I, I don't I don't know how. I mean I don't know if somebody could replace him this season, and maybe you just try to have somebody finish the season. But there's been a pretty large sample size of him just being 
legitimately awful. For a team still head coached by Bill Belichick, they're pretty. They're, they've got some pretty dumb things going on there. Yeah, I was gonna say I thought that stiff arm on Mac Jones was kind of karma because I just uh, watching that game. He's yelling at people the whole time. He's a, he kind of stinks himself. He's yelling at all his teammates all the time. If I was his teammate, I would not be happy with him at all. So I just think it was kind of nice little touch that he got shoved to the to the turf in the last play. But um, clearly, um, it was not a, a play calling showcase on either side. I mean, the Raiders' offense was awful. I mean, a lot of it was due to the guards being out, but still they couldn't do anything until that last throw by Carr. So. Um, just imagine if that play hadn't happened, we'd be talking about all the negative things. But it happened, so now we're all being uh, very positive. Nice, nice win for the Raiders and, and, the, and the home crowd. I'll tell you what, for as much as Chandler Jones has gotten crap for the, the lack of sacks uh, this season, if he had gotten tackled by Mac Jones, I, I, that, that might have been the one that he wouldn't have been able to live down. Because it seemed like, I don't know how many comments you heard post-game where their immediate thoughts about once he got the ball is like, don't get tackled by the quarterback. Don't get tackled by the quarterback. So uh, I, I think like that was uh, that's the one thing he wouldn't have been able to live out if he had gotten tackled by Mac Jones. Yeah, especially like like Vic said. I mean, Jesus, Christ. Mac Jones acts like he's Tom Brady or something. Like the way he like yells at his teammates and like the coaches. Like, yo, dude, you're missing. Like Mac Jones is like. The... I mean, to be fair, he's got back. That's Patricia cool. But he also him. missed like a good five throws that like this game wouldn't even been like a thing really. Like like he's. He played a huge part in them really – the Raiders were begging them to take this game in terms of their, their offense had two first downs, like I said, in the second half. They just were doing nothing constantly, giving them – putting their defense, which hasn't been good all year, constantly back on the field. And Patriots' offense was just doing nothing with it. Like, they did, they just squandered it. And, and the Raiders, you know, for once in one of these games where they, they let things get out of hand after building a big lead, they, they were able to finish and, and get out of here with a win. Yeah, that was another thing too. Every time they ran the, they ran the ball and stuck with the run, they were moving the ball. And as soon as they try to get like cute and start, start trying to pass, get pass happy, Mac Jones would, you know, miss passes like you said, and then all of a sudden they'd be in like a third and long situation. So hats off to Matt Patricia. He was a uh, he played a big role in this too. Yeah, Mac Jones goes thirteen of thirty-one for one hundred and twelve yards. That is just putrid. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson, uh, nineteen carries, one hundred and seventy-two yards, and that's you know surprising because that had been kind of the strength of the Raiders' defense this season is that they had uh, been good against the run, but uh, that that was that was not great. That nineteen for one seventy-two. Is that what you said? Yep. Yep. Yeah, I would probably give them some more. Carries, <laughs> probably. <laughs> yeah. Back Jones, third. Like I said, Mac Jones, thirteen of thirty-one for one twelve. Ramondre Stevenson, uh, nineteen for one seventy-two. Yeah. Um, I mean that's why that's why they call a draw play on that on that last play because like we don't we don't want Mac touching the ball and then Jacoby Myers is like you know what I do want to get Mac touching the ball and yeah Jacoby uh, I just I, I don't even know what he was thinking because he could because Mac couldn't pass it forward after doing that right they hadn't attempted a forward pass yet so I, uh, I, guess I think he, in theory uh, he could but obviously uh, but 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 I mean he could in theory I think but you've got so many you would have had a legal man downfield yeah. Because at that point, you would have had a legal man downfield um, because obviously all the offensive linemen would have been, you know, trailing that play. So, um, yeah, in theory, he could, but um, in, in actuality, he wouldn't have been able to. But, yeah, because normally on those kind of plays, it has already been passed forward. So you wouldn't be able to do a forward pass again um, because it was a draw. And my thing for Matt Patricia, like if you if you want, want, want him to just fucking kill the clock, take a knee. What are you doing? It's a tie game. Like what? Like why even like? open the risk of like fumbling the ball or like the snap being bad or like, like just kneel. 
and Stevenson, I know he took the fall for it, but I don't know if I buy that. I feel like he was he was supposed to pitch it. Otherwise, they would just kneel the ball. They just wanted to kill the clock. No, like they knew that draw wasn't going for eighty yards or whatever the fuck it was. You know, it was going to be. I don't know. I, I think everybody on the Patriots side deserves blame for for that debacle that they had at the end of the game, pretty much giving it away. But the Raiders are giving away a lot of games, you know, this season, um, blowing these leads. And so uh, consensus from them, you need to listen to Carr and McDaniels and some of the players, is, is they, they were due for one, and, and uh, they got it in this one. I want to throw some more shit on Mac Jones. So after the game, they asked Belichick, why didn't he throw a Hail Mary? You know, throw a Hail Mary, you're at your own 45. He said, Mac Jones can't throw it that far. He can't throw the ball 55 yards. Man. He can't. That's what Belichick said, because he can't throw that far. We are talking a lot of Patriots on our Raiders postgame show, but I think Raider fans are I think Raider fans are probably okay with it because we're basically just shitting on the Patriots. And uh, if there's an opportunity to uh, to shit on the Patriots and just laugh at uh, at their ineptitude, um, I think Raider fans will uh, will happily enjoy that for once. Two and zero, two three and zero. If you count the preseason, it's kicking ass. He's two and zero. He's two and zero. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Let's talk about Derek Carr's day. He goes 20 of 38, 231, three touchdowns. Um, the pick six that um, trying to get the screenplay out, out to uh, Devontae Adams and uh, and Kyle Duggar uh, picks it off. But kind of a, you know, an, an up and down day. Not, um, you know, they obviously they were able to take great advantage of the blocked punt by Malcolm Koontz there right before halftime that the 17-3 halftime lead wasn't one that necessarily felt like it wasn't like they had dominated that half you know we're having a great offensive half and and we're just kind of taking momentum into the half you know they got the block punt that allowed them to, to score that late touchdown and uh um and that was good um overall thoughts on on, on cars day yeah i think he played well considering the circumstances i mean for starters just all these goddamn penalties like it was I, i've never seen these many this many false starts and like they had 13 penalties as a team and i think like all but like two of those or three of those were, were on the offense we got to talk about this the Patriots had so many fans there uh, McDaniels even said after the game they were having to go silent count the offensive line they already came into the game without Alex Barr the starting right guards they were they started Ronis Grasso who hasn't played in a game since 2020 period at right guard and then Dylan Parm goes down with a knee injury and, and they have Dr- Meredith go in there Jordan Meredith at left guard and so their interior going up against one of the best defensive fronts in football. And so Cars is back there running for his fucking life basically the whole game. You know, he has some miscommunications. Uh on that one play, uh, I think the drive before the last drive, Devontae Adams got open downfield. The offensive line actually held up for once and like Darren Waller thought he was coming to him and tried to catch it. And so like there's some miscommunication with receivers, the offensive line stunk. I thought the play calling was like very strangely conservative for a good amount of the game. And so like Things things were not going, you know, in their favor. And so for them to put together that final drive really on his arm, um, you know, from on that fourth and ten throw, uh, completing two more passes after that. I mean, that that throw to to Keelan Cole down the, the left for a touchdown. I mean, that's he put it only where he could get it. And like Keelan Cole has not had the best season. It's not like he was throwing to Devontae Adams and he just made an incredible grab. I mean, it was a nice catch, but like I think that was I was more impressed with the, with the throw there. And so. For me, I, I think, you know, Carter Card deserves a lot of credit for this. It was definitely an up-and-down game. He played the best he could, especially with um, the guard situation. I mean, when you are when you have compounding injuries like that, you know, you are you have guys coming in that don't know 
um, the full system, don't know every single play call. It's a tough situation to be in, especially when uh, Parham went down. And like you said, this is one of the best pass rushers in the league. So it was pretty difficult, but it looked pretty tough when he was missing those, when he missed that pass to Keelan Cole. But I don't know if that was, uh, you know, in the fourth quarter when it looked like he was wide open, uh, missed a couple passes there to Keelan Cole. I don't know if it was Cole's fault for running the route wrong or what, but that, it would have been a pretty tough way to end the game. But obviously, getting those chances and completing that pass to Keelan Cole uh, definitely redeemed him. And his, his final stat line looked a lot better. You know, with three touchdowns and one interception, and even I think that one interception would have been pretty tough to avoid, just because Duggar just made such a great jump on it. And you don't really expect that on on a screen like that. He threw for three touchdowns, was able to kind of come back from being pressured that much. And I think in the past, when he's getting pressured that much, it, it would be tough for him to get over that. Uh, but he was able to keep playing in the fourth quarter and stand in there and, and throw some deep shots at the end. Yeah, I don't think he played very well. I, I got the other side of the of the opinion. I think um looked to me like he gave up a lot of plays early on. I know the, obviously the guards were, were not very good and he was uh, under pressure, but I thought he gave up a lot of plays a little too soon. I thought his bilingual wasn't great. They missed some throws he could have hit on. And I thought um on that last drive before the fourth down uh, completion to Holland, I thought those first three passes were just kind of throwing up for grabs, I thought. So obviously you're right, the, the end result changes the whole thing. The got the pass to Hollins for the first down and hit Waller, then hits Cole for a touchdown. So definitely that changes this whole day. But I thought a lot of their offense um, problems went beyond just the guard play. I thought he didn't play very well uh, for the most for most of the game. I was going to say, he didn't, didn't play brilliantly in this game. But like I think pulling one out like this, I think, has more significance. Because in some of these games that they've blown, the Jaguars game, like he has these huge numbers, comes out playing lights out in the first half, and then they, they do nothing for the rest of the game. They have a chance to win it at the end, and they do absolutely nothing with it, and then they lose, and, and everybody's shitting on them. You know, whatever his final number, I don't know how his completion percentage, how many yards he had, but, like, I think stepping up in that, I mean, fourth and ten with that offensive line playing as terrible as it was, I don't think any of us, no timeouts left, I think, in that situation. We're like, ah, oh, this is this shit is cooked. Like, it's, I'm, I'm sitting here looking up how many to- how many teams have blown this many leads before and shit like that. And so we're going to put it off really on his arm, no timeouts, and march all the way down the field against a defense that – is elite like that's part of the reason why the offense sucks so bad today is because his Patriots defense is fucking incredible and then they know Josh McDaniel's system as well as anybody and so for me Megan that goes a long way uh, I'm not saying he was like the defense I think deserves most of the credit when you talk just from a team standpoint for this win I, I, I wouldn't say cars you know play poorly in this one you know one play I, I will be curious to see more and Ted you know I'm sure you'll you'll look at the all 22 on this later it is that pass that he was trying to throw to Devontae Adams and, and Waller gets a hand on and, and deflects it. I mean, that's kind of the second time now in, in, a, in a big moment where you've had a pass where two receivers have essentially gone in the same direction. We, we had that play earlier in the season where, um, where Renfro and Adams, I think, uh, collided into each other. So I, I do wonder if that was, you know, somebody ran a wrong route, if that was uh, the play design, you know, what happens there. I mean, because, I mean, ideally you should not have a pass you shouldn't have something like that where uh, you know Waller thinks the ball is going to him when it's going to what really was a pretty wide open uh, Devontae Adams for what would have been a big play. Just based on Derek's reaction after that play, I think he was clearly wondering what the hell Waller was doing there. So I think they're going to say Waller was in the wrong spot. But based on his reaction, he's like, what the hell? What the, I mean, so I think that will be what happens when we look at it uh, down the line. In this offense, there's so many route conversions and option routes and some freedom to uh, convert your routes to different to different routes depending on the coverage that you know when you have a guy that just hasn't got as many reps as Waller 
it was probably on him. Yeah, I, I think you just need reps. You got to learn this offense. And they were kind of slowly implementing Waller and Renfro back in, into the game. I, I don't know how many snaps they played or what percentage of snaps they played. But obviously, they, they weren't a huge part of the game plan. And um, Carr had to really lean on um, Hollins and, and Cole in, in those clutch situations. So obviously, those guys are, are, are back, but they're not really a, a huge part of the offense quite yet. Maybe next week, they'll be more fully integrated. Yeah, Waller finishes with three catches, 48 yards. Uh, you know, caught all three targets. Uh, Renfro targeted three times, just had one catch, 14 yards. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I know we we all kind of talked about this game as as a chance to to start to see what this offense could be like having all their weapons, but really, and you know, it's going to take some time for those guys to get back up to speed. I mean, Waller hadn't played since week five, and even then, he only played a few snaps before going out. So, uh, you know, to be able to get a win and get those guys a little bit in you know a little bit back into it uh i was kind of surprised that they uh you know considering they were going to be on a pitch count that they had uh renfro back there returning punts um but he was so you know we'll see how how, how they can get uh up to speed for uh, the final three games at some point they yeah. gotta find a better option i'm not sure he's a great i mean he's okay but i think they can do better there and i think it's also probably better for his long-term health to not be back there so i think that's not really a long-term solution in, in my mind I need some more explosiveness. And also, he's just got this, I mean, it takes me hits as it is. I wouldn't want him to waste some hits back there. But that's another topic for another day. I do have their, their snap counts now. Uh, out of 63 offensive snaps, uh, Waller was out there for 31 and Renfro for 27. Waller played just under half and uh, Renfro just uh, a little bit less than that. So they basically played 45 to 50% or so of the snaps. Uh, their so. return created an opening for Keelan Cole to get like not so much attention. So that's why it's so very big in that play for him. Hey, but we got a, gl- a little glimpse of how it could look or how it should look on uh, Waller's touchdown pass. On Waller's touchdown pass, they, they kept an extra guy in the box uh, to – Obviously, probably stopped Jacobs. Um, they had just five blockers on the line of scrimmage, and they kept seven in the box. They're probably scared of Josh Jacobs running, and then they had the free safety tilt all the way to Devontae Adams' side, which left the middle of the field wide open. And then Waller just ran right through hit the guy guarding him, and it was a touchdown pass. So you can kind of see the potential of where this goes when defenses are concerned with taking away Jacobs and Adams, and then you have a you know another complement with Waller or or, or Renfro. So we'll see what they can do um, with some more snaps next week, presumably. Vic, your guy Nelson Aguilar did not get his revenge game. Six targets, one catch, three yards. Had a couple drops, right? Like, like at least one. Maybe one was not really a great pass, but maybe a couple drops. But yeah, it didn't didn't do much. I was gonna say his guy Zay Jones is kind of balling in uh, Jacksonville, though. Three touchdowns. <laughs> I mean, what does this win ultimately mean? Like we said, still long shot playoff odds, but they get to go to Pittsburgh on Christmas Eve. Still theoretically in the mix. I mean, uh, you know, a lot's going to be made, and we'll have a few stories uh, coming up this week of the 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception. And you know, I think uh, had they had they lost this game, there would have been, uh, you know, would have kind of taken a lot, a lot of steam out of that. Um, the Steelers did win too. They're they're both six and eight, and Pittsburgh has that long stretch under Mike Tomlin. He's never had a losing season. Uh, so you know, we'll talk more about that later this week. Uh, they have a chance to finally hand Tomlin his first losing season, but still consider them very, very, very long shots for the playoffs, but uh, at least they get to go into Christmas Eve theoretically still alive. Something to play for. Yeah, what was the percentage last week? About 4%. I think, I think they went from 4% to 6%. There you go. 2% increase. Yeah, but I, uh, I was just looking at the results from the day. It would have been very good for them if the Chargers had lost, but since they won and improved to 8-6, and six, it keeps them 
two games out of the, the final playoff spot right now. You know, there, there's a path. Uh, I mean, the, the Jets seem to be trending down. Um, obviously, they, they would have the tiebreaker over the Patriots. They have the same record as the Jaguars, so that's a little tricky. So there's, there's a lot of a lot of other shit would have to happen, even if they do win out. But just mathematically, they're not that far back. And we've seen plenty of teams fall off down the stretch. We saw the Chargers fall off down the stretch last year. So I ended up having that final game be one where they could play to get in. And so uh, it's not completely out of the picture. While it's unlikely, it's tangible enough to where they can use that as something to keep guys, you know, motivated moving forward and not just check out and, you know, start looking, moving on to next season. And I mean, the Steelers team has started to pick it up um, these last few weeks. And so it's a, it's a, not that this Raiders team can look past anybody, but the Steelers seem like to be a more competent opponent than they looked like earlier in the year when we were looking at this game. And it's on the road. Uh, I'm sure the weather will not be pleasant um, in Pittsburgh um, on Christmas Eve. And so we'll have something to deal with there. So it won't be an easy one. Um, none of their games the rest of the way will be, but they've done enough kind of in these last few games to where they, they feel like they can compete with them, of course. And they, can, they can really can only control what they can control on their end. The rest of it in terms of who wins and loses, they can't really influence that. But you know, obviously, they're, they're still going for it. They haven't uh, curled up into the, the field position just yet. I think it's a good win for Josh McDaniels and the staff. He's been preaching you know, 60 minutes to his players all season long, and they won in the last minute. So the players um, have to be happy with that and have to they haven't let go of the rope, clearly. So I think that's good. I, I, not a moral victory, but when, when it's all said and done, and odds are they won't make the playoffs, but the look at their record, this is definitely you know, a win that they got, not a loss. That will help everyone's frame of mind as far as, you know, trying to f- describe the season. I'm sure Mark Davis will be happier if they're, whatever, you know, 7-9 versus, um, you know, 6-11. Or, my math is wrong, 7-10, whatever, you know what I mean. They'll be happy with a, with a win and a loss. So I think he's probably happy tonight, I'm sure he is. So I think just in terms of Josh McDaniels and trying to build for the future, and I think it's it's a positive for him. I was going to say, using the interactive tool from our friends at the New York Times, uh, if they – they went from three percent to to six percent today. If they uh, if they beat the Steelers, that would jump them to ten percent chance. Beat the 49ers, that jumps them to twenty five percent. And if they beat the Chiefs, it gets them all the way up to sixty percent chance. So um, if they can win out, sixty percent chance they can make the playoffs. So that that's I mean, you don't really have to get fancier than that. Just uh, just focusing on trying to see if you can win out. Yeah, and remember the the worst case scenario is if they go two and two. Not, and not make the playoffs and and lose draft position, so they they got to win out. What if they go three and one? In the short term, they can enjoy one of the greatest, most craziest wins in history of this league, and just uh, Charlie Jones will live on forever in our minds and our hearts. And it's uh, it's a nice win. It's a night that Raider fans can laugh at the Patriots, so uh, I think I think they deserve that one. All right, everybody. Well, I think that'll wrap up our post-game edition of State of the Nation. The Raiders improbably beat the New England Patriots 30-24. to And we'll talk to you again later this week to get you ready for a Christmas Eve tilt in Pittsburgh when the Raiders take on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Adios. All right. Later.